Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you, because we are live today, receiving your calls and comments, and you can do that by dialing uh, 877-757-9424, because today we're talking about degrees of demonic activity. But Adam, we always start with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, before we get started, Adam, because this is going to be, I think, a very heavy episode uh, for a lot of us to kind of understand and, you know, figure out uh, where our lives are and, you know, what's happening with our relationships and if they fall into any of these categories that you're about to um, share with us about demonic activity. Um, we really want to celebrate a bit, uh, if we can. So uh, we're very, very excited. And we and we have the um, Adam and I, we've been talking about this for, um, you know, the past couple hours about how grateful we are with our hearts just bursting with love and appreciation for the whole entire production, engineering, marketing, the stations, the affiliates who were involved from the very beginning. Uh, last May, a whole year ago with the spirit world, we are so um, pleased and excited and honored and humbled to announce that the spirit world did uh, win a Gabriel Award. Um, and we're, we're just thrilled by about that, Adam. So you and I have been celebrating. We just wanted to share it with the spirit world audience. Um, thanks, you guys, for embracing the show. The exorcism series, the seven-part series, uh, was... Um, what is is what won uh the runner-up of the gabriel award so adam any comments on that oh no just that um all credit goes to god i think that saint michael has had a big hand in the show i'm uh, you know not saying that we're special but i you know i give all credit to god and mm -hmm. um yeah so i think god wants us doing this and i think that's why it's it's taken off so much in in just over a year um and so I want to be obedient to that. So, you know, I'm Me grateful. In, mm -hmm. I'm grateful in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So thanks, everyone. We're celebrating this entire weekend. Uh, we have no one to celebrate with, but we're just celebrating in our minds and, and being excited. No, we're, we're teasing. So it's all good. And, and thanks. And you know what? We want to grow the spirit world family. So the easiest way to do that is on Facebook. And we've got a lot of things planned. Uh, so we would like you to go to Facebook if you can and uh, like us there at the Spirit World Podcast. We are live today, so you can call us 877 
877-757-9424 and uh, ask your question or comment about demonic activity. But Adam, let's dive right into the levels, temptation, infestation, oppression, obsession, possession, and let us know what we should be looking for, watching out for, or basically just, you know, not, not being too obsessed about it because, you know, we can get a little too carried away thinking there's a, a devil behind every, every rock and corner. Yeah, for sure. You know, what I'm seeing, Deb, and I think some of the questions and comments we're getting from people is that there is a real stilted view of of all of this demonic activity in, in a lot of people's minds. And what I mean by that is they kind of get educated about this through YouTube and maybe through the movies, through interviews that they're listening to. And you have to realize you're you're hearing from people where this is their specialty. There's there's one or two or a handful at the most of people in a whole diocese that includes, you know, usually a large city and a bunch of other cities. And and there's one or two or, or a few that are dealing with this for the diocese. And so they have a very narrow uh, view of just those extreme cases because they're specialists. Um, and then you're hearing interviews from many, many exorcists these days because it's so popular, and you get the impression like, oh my gosh, this is everywhere. You know, there's there's possessed people on every corner. You just get that impression because you hear so many stories, and and that's just not giving you an an accurate um, you know perception of of what's going on. It you know to use an analogy, Deb, it might be like um, let's say you had a, a cancer doctor on who was a real specialist in a rare rare form of cancer, and they gave tons of interviews, and then you read a bunch of articles, and then you kind of get yourself worked up and convince yourself that you probably have that rare cancer. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the self-diagnosis thing that we see in psychology and medicine when you study these topics. So. Like you said, Deb, the first thing is let's slow down a little bit. Let's calm down. Understand that that the extraordinary stuff is very rare. And by rare, I mean if you want to talk about possession, you're talking about one or two, uh, maybe three new cases in a year. And a lot of years there might be one. And that's in an entire diocese, multiple cities. So this is extremely rare. It's not like, you know, every time somebody misbehaves, they're possessed. So, and that gets to the next thing. And these are some of the comments we're getting. Just because somebody isn't thinking the way that you would like them to be thinking or behaving the way that you want them to behave doesn't mean that they're possessed or under some extraordinary demonic influence. It could just be that that's them. People grow through life through different phases of life. I'm not saying it's a good thing to drift away from the faith, but that is a reality for a lot of people. A lot of people drift away in their 20s and come back later in life as they as they get married or, or they approach different milestones in life. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're possessed or under bad influence. You want to just pray for them, you know, be patient, talk with them, but don't don't think, okay, you know, I'm going to send them to the exorcist and get them fixed. You know, somebody's going to bop them over the head with a spiritual sledgehammer, and then they're going to act the way that I want. You, you, we, we can get this kind of strange view of it. So that's kind of the first point. The second one is we got to be careful about too quickly pointing the finger and saying, well, these problems, these people must have demonic problems because, you know, look at look at what they're doing or saying. It's so shocking and it's so unacceptable to me. It must be the devil. We want to remember that we're all under influence of temptation. So if we're going to point the finger and say, well, you're bad because you're doing something that smacks of the demonic to me, therefore a demon must be inspiring you. 
I know it sounds maybe a little strange, but we have to remember we're all being inspired by the demonic. That's temptation. Temptation is the ordinary activity of the devil, meaning it's what God allows him to do from cradle to grave. We experience temptation, certainly when we're when we're infants, maybe not so much, of course. As soon as we have reason, there's going to be temptation. There's going to be the potential for sin. So we are all under the influence of the demonic because we're born into a fallen world, mm-hmm. right? Original sin tainted all of creation. We're born into that. That's why we need to be baptized out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God and made adopted children of God. And even after that, we are subject to temptation. So we got to remember um, to not too quickly kind of say it's us and them. I'm pure and holy and you're act- not acting the way I want. So you're the devil. Right. Okay, so once we understand temptation is part of life and it's demonic, what are the extraordinary levels? Infestation, as you mentioned, and most people have heard this a hundred times at this point, but infestation just means the demons can do extraordinary things in a place or in a location. And extraordinary things are like black shadows moving around that you can't explain, bad odors that can't be debunked, stuff flying around the room with no explanation, usually religious things being attacked or knocked off the walls. And be careful just because something falls off the wall doesn't mean it's demonic infestation. Because along with that, Deb, there's torment of any people that are in that location. So these people are complaining of repetitive demonic nightmares every time that they they go to sleep. They're waking up with scratches on them that they can't explain or debunk. Um, A bunch of other stuff that's going on. And remember, it's rare. Okay, so the genuine demonic infestations, they're not happening every day. Go ahead. Right. And let me stop you right there because I have to ask you about this. So so let's say, you know, you have this combination of things happening, you know, things falling off the walls, these odors, you know, probably you got like like maybe chronic headaches, you're not sleeping, you're not doing well, you're falling into depression, all sorts of stuff. Okay, so if you're Catholic, what's the first thing you should do? And if you're not a Catholic, what's the first thing you should do? Well, the first thing you should do is not jump to the spiritual hypothesis first. I see okay. this error all the time. People, they, they say, well, this, this weird thing happened at home, therefore it must be a demon. They jump from, from 1 to 10. And, and it's often because they've watched the paranormal TV shows and they've seen some supposed manifestations and the, the show says, that's, de- that's demonic, that's demonic. And then your, your picture of Mary falls off the wall and you say, well, that must be demonic, therefore there's a demon here. Don't jump to that conclusion first. Rule out the mundane. We, we walk people through this all the time. You need to debunk it and first take the stance, okay, how can I explain this or find an explanation for this, a natural explanation? Because honestly, 80 to 90% of the time, that's what it turns out to be. It squirrels in the wall, you know, the foundation is shifting and things fell over, that type of thing. Okay, so that's the first thing is try to debunk it keep a cool head, be reasonable. The second thing we'll get to after the break, and that is if you're Catholic, contact the diocese. If you're Protestant, contact your minister. Um, And then, you know, if you're not, we'd have to talk about whatever your faith system is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Powerful stuff we're learning today on The Spirit World. Please join us. We're going to be taking your calls after the break. And the number to dial is 877-757-9424. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're growing the family right as we speak. People are going to Facebook right now. That's awesome at The Spirit World Podcast. We'll be right back.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God. But this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We're so glad you're with us on The Spirit World and we are getting messages coming in, congratulatory messages coming in about the Gabriel Awards. And they and lots of our Spirit World listeners are saying, you don't have to celebrate alone, Adam and Debbie. We're celebrating with you. So that's great. You guys are so sweet. Uh, we did get a wonderful congratulations from Gigi and John from New Jersey, Adam. And uh, Gigi made a point to say, I think it's so cool that you won a Gabriel Award. A Gabriel Award. I know with the Spirit World. We love that too, Gigi. We thought the same thing with the uh, with the Archangels. So a Gabriel Award uh, to add to the, uh, the Spirit World world. That is awesome. So um, we, we thought that was really sweet. And thanks um, for really um, embracing the show. Again, we our hearts are just bursting with gratitude to the Spirit World listeners. You guys are amazing. If you want to join us today, all you got to do is dial this number 877-757-9424. And Adam, why don't you uh, pick up where you left off? Because this is fascinating. So you said, so Catholics, go to your priest. I'm, I'm assuming also to uh, quickly go to confession as well, right? And then and then for our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, go to your pastor, go to your minister, and uh, speak with them about what's going on. 
Yeah, so we were talking about what to do if you think you have a demonic infestation in your home, kind of what might be called a demonic haunting by some people. So uh, remember, first off, debunk it. Try to uh, find natural explanations before you jump to the spiritual hypothesis. And then, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of a 1.5 there between the second step of calling your priest. And that is really important, Deb, because we have seen this cause so many problems. And that is don't call a paranormal group. Okay, it's really common that we we get the call at the diocese. And I know this is true in other dioceses. The family calls the diocese only after something weird started. They called in the paranormal group. Then it gets worse. Then they called in the shaman or the witch or somebody who claims to have some authority. And then it gets worse. And then in their last step, they actually call their priest or the diocese. And I've just seen it so many times over the years. The reason the paranormal groups make it worse is because they essentially come in, they ask for a manifestation from a spirit, usually to be, you know, speaking into a digital recorder, that type of thing. They literally uh, invite the dead to speak to them. This is what the Bible calls necromancy, which is forbidden by God. Uh, It describes God finding it abhorrent and that'll turn his face away from you and cut you off from his people. It really makes God angry. And it's also a violation of the first commandment. You're turning to a spirit other than God for either comfort, information, or power. So basically paranormal groups are gonna make it worse and they have no tools with which to resolve it. They come in, they record stuff basically for their own archive of, of recordings, and then they say, yep, it's haunted, or nope, we couldn't get anything, and then they leave. And then it's worse because they have invited essentially demonic spirits to manifest in the home because, you know, and we could, we've could we unpacked this in the past, Deb, I know you already know this, but, you know, um, a holy saint's not going to do necromancy with you. A soul in purgatory is not going to do necromancy with you. And so what is left? It's the damned and the demons. And the damned are basically the property of the demons. So you've got demons left over that are going to pre- pretend to be ghosts. So number one, debunk it. Try to be reasonable. Number 1.5, don't call the paranormal group or the witch or the shaman. Don't burn sage and buy that at your occult store and think that sage is going to magically drive away spirits. It doesn't. And the additional problem is a lot of times a ritual has been done over those materials before they're sold, though they don't tell you that. And so burning it actually can make things worse. Now, step two, after all that, you know, what to do, what not to do, contact your local priest or your local minister if you're of another denomination. If they don't know what to do or they're scared of this stuff, don't be afraid to call the diocese central office, you know, Ask if there's somebody who's a specialist in the diocese that can handle that. Sometimes your local priest doesn't know who that is. And so they may say, well, we don't do that. I, you know, I don't know who would help. Um, don't be afraid to call the diocese. Be polite, be friendly, try not to be demanding, you know, gently talk to whatever secretary you get and see if they can ask around and find out who is assigned to deal with that. And then, you know, they're going to help assess from there. I can't tell you how, you know, how exactly they're going to do it, but they're going to, you know, ask you a lot of questions, probably come and do a house blessing. And then if necessary, they're going to ask the bishop for permission to do a house exorcism, which is not a big deal. It's basically a different prayer, you know, takes about eight or 10 minutes. Um, Not a big deal. It's the apostolic authority behind it. Okay. Now we got to run on to obsession and oppression. When we look at somebody and say, well, you must be oppressed by the devil because you're not acting the way I want you to act. 
we got to remember that obsession and oppression is a very serious kind of wearing down of the person through torture. That person's going to be in distress. They're going to be asking for help. They're going to be having suicidal thoughts. They're going to be probably pretty disturbed. They're, they're going to be sleep deprived. It's going to be serious. It's more than just not acting the way that you want. And that person, just like with infestation, number one, super critical. Don't jump to the spiritual hypothesis first. Don't say, well, I'm hearing voices. It must be demons. Rule it out with your doctor first. There are plenty of brain issues that are misunderstood as oppression or obsession. Okay. Once you work with your doctor to try to rule out the medical and the psychological, you know that it's not psychosis, then you've got to move on to working with your priest while still working with your doctor. Okay. And uh, that's going to be a, even more complicated. I can't tell you exactly how that'll go, but you're going to want to find whoever's the specialist in your diocese or your faith system. Um, make sure that, you know, they have some experience to work with that because, you know, these are dangerous situations in the sense that people are often thinking about suicide. It's a very serious matter. And of course, uh, hopefully everybody knows if somebody tells you that they're suicidal uh, and that they have a plan, you're a mandated reporter if you're an adult and you need to report that to authorities to keep them safe. If they've done an act in furtherance, like if I say I'm suicidal, I think this is the best way to do it and I went and bought that implement, that's definitely you must report it. You're, you're legally required to. Okay, then possession, the most serious problem. And again, the person is going to be complaining of tremendous torment in addition to hearing voices. They're going to have blackouts where they're doing things when the demon is using their body. Again, this is hyper rare, Deb. This is not happening on every street corner. You're going to see one or two new of these cases in, a, in an entire diocese in a year. Okay, so I know we have to get to the calls, but let me just... Uh, finish off with a critical point because I run into this and I know other dioceses do too. People call us and they say, so-and-so is acting really weird. I don't like their girlfriend or their boyfriend. I want you to come do an exorcism on them. The church doesn't come and do exorcisms on people uh, basically against their will because a third party told the church to. Mm -hmm. That soul, that person has to ask the church for help themselves. Okay, so there has so to the be the possessed act of the person. Will. Okay, wait. Yeah. So the possessed person has to actually say, "I I need help with this. I got to get rid of this." Okay. Right. Right. It's true that sometimes it's a family member that calls for them because they're having difficulty reaching out to the priest or the church or, or entering a church. But we have that conversation with them directly and make sure not only, of course, you rule out medical issues, psychological issues, brain issues. Uh, you don't just jump and believe them and say, okay, you're possessed because you say so. There's a whole series of things that we have to do to be ethical about this and do it properly according to the church law. But once we get through that and we rule those out and then we find the proofs of possession, then the church may approve an exorcism. But that person has to ask for that. It's not done against somebody's will. And that's that's kind of the the that's it. That's what I wanted to cover of what the real levels of activity are. So hopefully we can get more reasonable about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, before we go to the phones, um, if you'd like to join us, please dial in right now, 877-757-9424. 
Tim Mott is answering calls. He's delightful to talk to, uh, so he's wonderful. He'll chat with you for a few minutes, put you on hold. You get to listen live. Taylor Van Est is our producer. He's doing a fabulous job, and he's monitoring all the controls. Uh, But, Adam, uh, two quick points uh, real fast before we go to Tom and Astrid and Lou and Christina and the others. Um, Adam, uh, talk about how the demons... uh, are, they're not omnipresent. Talk about that. And then also about possession. It never touches the soul. Okay. So we, we need to bring some more comfort to people because I think people are, are nervous that all of a sudden, if a demon is somehow attached, it's going to take over their soul. Yeah. So this really, um, it touches back on Thomas Aquinas as so many things do in, in our philosophy and theology. The possession is not possession of the entire person. Remember, a person from a Christian perspective is a soul and a body in union. They're created as one whole, and that's what constitutes a person. The entire person is not possessed. Only what is called the lower faculties are possessed, and that is the body and the emotions. The higher faculty, which is reason, is never possessed. And, of course, the soul itself is God's property. You cannot sell your soul. It's impossible because it's not yours to sell. It's God's, okay? And it's God who will judge where that soul goes uh, after you die. Mm -hmm. So uh, the possession, yeah, never touches the soul, never touches reason. You may lose control of your body for periods of time, but your reason is intact. Your will, your desire to be free is still Mm -hmm. intact. Right. And then talk about the demons not being omnipresent so people can uh, rest assured that there's not a demon under every single rock. Yeah, so of course, only God is omnipresent. Um, Angels, Thomas tells us, they're kind of like sunlight in that the light can stream into multiple rooms through different windows simultaneously, but that doesn't mean that that sunlight is everywhere in the universe. Okay, so they can be active or manifesting in a sense, be present in a sense in multiple places. Think of St. Michael, our our, our hopefully our good friend. Um, St. Michael's invoked how many times a day, how many times every moment? by tens or hundreds of thousands of people around the world. He's recognized in the three Abrahamic religions. Mm-hmm. He's not running around only able to respond or notice each prayer separately, right? Mm-hmm. So, But he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. The fallen angels are the same way. They're not everywhere. And we see this in exorcisms very clearly. We'll be dealing with a particular demon, and he'll say, well, my boss is so-and-so, but he's not here. He's really the possessing demon. He's the one that's in charge of this case from hell's perspective, but he's not here. I'm his underling. Mm -hmm. And because we want to cast out that his boss will say, well, tell him to get over here. And he will then arrive and start speaking through the person so he can be cast out. So they're not everywhere able to speak through every person that's possessed in the world simultaneously. They are limited, but they're not like us. They don't have a body. And so they're not limited to one place. You and I can only be physically in one place. They can kind of be in multiple places or or influence multiple places. Again, they're pure spirit. So we, right, we think right. of them kind of like light in that sense, not in a good sense, um, but they can, they can shine and affect different places. And I want to bring uh, more uh, comfort and peace and joy to our, our listeners that, you know, their guardian angels are with them always. They're, they the they never, yeah, all the time. They never leave your side. So your guardian angels are with you. So that is another added level of comfort and should bring you a lot of peace. Um, you hear the music, Tom, we were going to say hello to you and then get started with your question or comment. But Tom, please hang on from Scranton, Pennsylvania. You hear the music.
Uh, when we come back, we'll go right to you, start off with your call here on The Spirit World. If you'd like to join us, there is one open phone line. So if you feel that little nudge in your spirit that you need to ask this question today, now is the time to do it. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you could fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you could take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, now we're at the point of this episode where we will turn the entire show over to you, uh, the callers that are waiting so patiently to come on air with us and ask your question or make your comment. Uh, Just real quickly, I wanted to share, Adam, that, um, you know, some of the... um, uh, affiliates are playing the Stand Tall Today um, uh, promo spots, and they're just wonderful. And that is actually Felicity, our master coach on our coaching panel at Stand Tall Today. And she is, um, we are we are um, hosting a group coaching session June 21st uh, for couples or your significant others, you know, maybe your boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, 
to uh, supercharge your relationship, better communication, tools and tips. And, you know, this ties in nicely to what we're talking about today, because sometimes, you know, I think it's through communication that we can really understand where a person's come from is and what's going on in their life, their struggles and things that are happening. And and so not to just make a judgment that you think that they're, you know, a, a possessed. How about maybe getting down to the root of it and seeing what's really going on with people? Because people are struggling. So if you, if you want to get in on that group coach a session that's coming up. It's it's going to be fabulous. Uh, just go to standtalltoday.com. Okay, as promised, Adam, we're going to Tom in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and Tom is on JMJ Catholic Radio. Tom, thank you so much for waiting, and welcome to the spirit world. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Adam. Uh, before I start my question to you, Debbie, I just want to say I'm a very devout follower of your daily radio show with Jerry Usher. And Thank I just, um, sometimes I, I work during the day and I don't get to listen to the live broadcast, but I listen to the rebroadcast at midnight. Oh, so cool. just want to share that with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you so much. Sure, sure. But the question I had for both of you is, um, it's regarding my son. He's 22 years old. Uh, he, you know, graduated college. And I just came to know about something recently. Uh, about a month ago, he had attended a party with some from his friends, including one of his best friends. And later on, I came to find out that through another parent that they had participated in this thing called the Ouija board. And it seems they had done this a couple of times. And I don't know if I'm just overreacting or I'm just being paranoid. I've noticed a big change in his behavior at home. Um, you know, he was very good with me, like going to mass with me on Sundays and saying prayers at home. And he's just become really, like, really awkward and very weird in his behavior. And a couple of days ago, in the middle of the night, like, he just woke up screaming. And I, I ran to his room, and he said he just had a bad dream. So I, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to piece this together and just get your opinion. Is there any connection between him going to that session and what's going on in his life right now? Okay. So, yeah, Tom, that's a good question. It touches on a number of important things. So first off, the Ouija board is a form of divination. It's it's a form of spirit communication where you hold a, you know, planchette, which is kind of like this this um, little heart-shaped object on a on a slippery board with letters on it and then you know everybody puts their fingertips on there and then you ask a spirit to move the planchette the problem with this is twofold number one it's necromancy you're calling the dead usually to talk to you because holy angels aren't going to talk to you through a ouija board because it's defined as sinful in the bible to do divination it's also sinful to do necromancy which is talking to the dead so nothing good is going to happen Sure, most of the time nothing happens or people are just messing with each other. So a lot of times a lot of times there's nothing to it. But if a spirit is talking, uh, it can be a real problem because it is so sinful and forbidden biblically for Christians. And secondly, uh, it's compounded by the fact that you're not saying like, well, spirit, talk into this recorder or move that object over there. You're saying you can move my arm. You can have dominion over my arm or my hand to move this object. And so you're giving dominion over part of the body. Um, and that's why Ouija boards are so particularly dangerous. Now, uh, when it's done once, often we don't see a whole lot of impact. But when it's done multiple times, you start seeing more impact. And usually what I see is 
people are often scared to tell their parents or their trusted kind of authority figures in their life about what happened or what's going on for them after they do this until it gets so bad that they're like, I'm freaking out, you know, I got to I got to admit to you, you know, this horrible stuff started when I did this. So I would say, you know, it's tough. I don't know your son, but try to sit down and have a conversation with him in a non-judgmental, non-kind of attacking way um, and just talk about it. Talk about what we just said, why the Ouija board is particularly dangerous. Um, but, you know, like we said in the first part of the show, you got to rule out the mundane, too. So don't just jump to the conclusion, well, this was really sinful. You and you know, you talk to a demon. You, this must be a demon. He could have just freaked himself out. He could be he could be experimenting with drugs, coincidentally, at the same time that were done at that party. So 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 don't assume that it's a crazy demonic problem, but understand the Ouija board is a serious danger. It's a very risky thing to do. So, you know, at least encourage him. Don't do that again. Because from a Catholic Christian perspective, we, we, we're forbidden to do that. So please don't do that again. Maybe ask him, have you heard anything talking to you or have you kept doing this on your own privately? Typically what I see is the people that end up in real serious trouble, they do the Ouija board alone after the initial contact and they're so impressed by it, they start doing it alone. And that's usually where it gets much worse. So. See, the other problem was, that we, I layer, again, through third parties, you know, other parents raised their concern because it seems this uh, the boy who hosted the party, his mother is kind of into this big time. And unfortunately, we didn't know, you know, and, and the problem I'm facing, you know, my dilemma is whether I should force my son to cut his friendship with this boy, which I don't think I can force a 22-year-old person to do. Right. But I'm just really paranoid what he's bringing into our house, you know, if anything. That's why I was worried. Yeah, so so he only has authority over himself. He doesn't have authority over your home. So if he were getting involved in, in black magic in a, in a more serious way, bad things or weird things could happen around him, kind of like a cloud around him, but he couldn't then give them dominion over your home because you have authority over the home. Okay. Okay, so... All right, I'll just have um, to keep an eye on this, I guess. Did, did you mention yeah. confession, Adam? I was... Not I was yet, no. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I'm assuming you're Catholic, Tom? Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, it, once he's willing to confess this and maybe understands or, or he gets to the point where he's scared and he's saying, Dad, I'm scared, you know, this is some, something's out of control. Get him to confession, to confess using the Ouija board and what other communication he did. If you can nip it in the bud early, there's a very good chance that'll be the end of it. Okay? Okay. Um, okay. The, the one thing to watch out for particularly, don't, Watch out for your son going to that kid thinking, well, that kid and his mom, they know all about these spirits, so I'm going to go to them for help. And then they're going to do some ritual to supposedly help him or break a curse or whatever it is. And that that can make things worse. So try to encourage him to go to your priest as opposed to turning to the occult. Okay, I'll try my best. Like I said, since this incident, like I don't know if it's just, just a bad coincidence. You know, he he stopped going to Mass with me. On Sundays, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to do daily prayer. That's when I started getting scared. That's all. So yeah. I'll just keep an eye on it. Okay. And pray what, for him, Tom. You have what, a special, special authority, authority and ability to pray right. for him as his father. Right. What about if okay. Tom gets a um, gets a St. Benedict medal and a, um, a crucifix, you know, the St. Benedict medal inside the crucifix? You know how you have those beautiful ones? Have the Benedictine uh, blessing the, the, the old right blessing, Tom, I would do that immediately. And if he won't okay. wear it, I would actually stick it in his mattress. I really would. Okay. 
Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we just All want right. to get some peace of mind. <laughs> Thank you for your help. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, he's your son, and you love him, and you want him to be, you know, at peace with, the, you know, and with the world. I mean, the world's hard enough, and to have these yep. outside things happening, yeah. Thank you, Tom. And thank you for calling. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for listening also to Take Two on a regular basis. You're you're our overnight listeners. We have a lot of them, and we love that. So thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. God God bless you. Thank you. Okay, Astrid is up next uh, from Rochester, New York, and she's listening on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Astrid. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, and congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I I was at my uh the why that i normally go to and the last night and a week or so ago i noticed a big sign um with all the summer um oh what do you call it you know why programs for the kids you know the different programs that they have for summer camp and right in the middle um you know was one in the mid-july that said witches and wizardry and i thought oh dear what do i What's, what do I do? What do I say? Should I email someone? You know, so I, I need some advice because I, I for myself know that God, that God is real and I know that the devil is real. And I think sometimes people, you know, as you've talked about too, you know, they take these things kind of lightly and all that. So I'm concerned about the children that would be going to that. And I imagine there'd be several that would be wanting to sign up for it and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do or say but I feel like I'm supposed to do something and then when I found out your program was you know live today I thought oh I think I better call and ask for some advice well I I will answer first Astrid because I can tell you that this is a a problem that's happening across the board with various programs they they think it's cute they're going to bring in more kids yeah. if they if they have these these kind of um you know phrases and taglines that are that are so you know interesting and and will pique the curiosity of these children I would simply, if it were me, I would go to uh, the YMCA um, management there and just and and just very as you always do, Astrid, because you're you're just such a a polished, wonderful, beautiful soul. I love the way you communicate, and we we we've known you and love you. You're a friend of Take Two, so um, so we love you so very much. But Astrid, I would just simply say to the management, this is this is uh, really problematic. You're, you're heading for trouble. It's going to get out that you're doing this. It's not funny. It's offensive. This is dangerous. I would just give all the words just to give them a little bit of, uh, you know, a pause for them to go say, what is she talking about? What is she saying? Why is this? This is just cute. This is just fun. This is just like the whole Disney thing. No, just, I would give them all the, the words to get them to just think about this. So when they go to their next management meeting, they could say, you know what, we've gotten four or five or six complaints. Maybe we should just scrap this whole idea of witches and and wizards. Uh, What do you think, Adam? That would be my suggestion rather than, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, some people say we should boycott all these programs 
programs and do all that kind of stuff. Um, also, I would also pray as you, as you're a prayerful person, um, Astrid, which I love and pray that the hearts will change, um, about doing this because I think it's, it, it's just, it's just a, um, it's a lead in, it's a slippery slope of going r- lower and lower where these kids are going to walk right into this danger zone. What do you say to that, Adam? Yeah. So, um, Astrid, another thing is you want to get the very specifics. You want to ask what exactly are you doing with this program? What book are you using, if any? What person is coming in and teaching? Um, Because, you know, the specifics matter. Uh, There's a book that was published as kind of linked to one of the Disney films this Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. that actually, upon researching it, was written by a Satanist in New York. Um, so you gotta, you gotta really dig down into what specifically is going on. Secondly, um, I would say from my perspective, uh, imagining if I were a parent, I would point out that Wicca is recognized as a religion in the United States. It's, it's on the census form as an option. So if they're promoting witchcraft or Wicca, um, you know, basically you're promoting another religion to my child, right? right? That's right. And so we're we're Catholic Christians. You're promoting another faith and encouraging them to participate in a ritual, if that's what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. if they are in fact doing mm-hmm. rituals. So well, and that's what I was alluding to when I said that. You know, it all sounds Disney cute, but when you go when you dig down into the research, Astrid, you usually will find uh, something that is very problematic and against what we believe as Catholic Christians. Mm-hmm. What what do you what do you say to our 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 comments, Astrid? Astrid. Um. Yeah, um, what you said, Debbie, um, uh, yeah, I think that's good. Now, the things that you said, Adam, I don't, I'm not sure that I'll know what they mean when they answer me, or or I'm wondering if they'll even know the answer to that question. Um, I found out last night when I asked about it, I got the email address of one of the women that I talked to a little bit, uh, but she's not the one that's running that the uh, summer camp. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the summer camp woman would even know who's, pre- well, she might know who's presenting, but she may not know any deeper. And if, and I'm not sure if I would understand any deeper. So I'm a little bit unsure about that part, Adam, what you said. Well, Astrid, w- once you get their name, you can just get online, Google their name and start looking at what they have out there and, and see what they're promoting. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, Astrid, I got to, I got to share something with you real quickly because this happened um, a couple years ago. There was a, um, a person that was um, uh, promoting this image of our lady and, um, and it looked, it looked really beautiful, um, you know, visually beautiful, beautiful. And I went and um, I just Googled her name, the artist. And, you know, she was all over social media and everything. And sure enough, she was tied in to uh, a member, Adam, I, I actually went to Adam, and Adam advised me as to what to do, because it was it was very interesting. Uh, it, it was so it was blatantly out there that she was into Wicca and, and, you know, witches and all sorts of stuff. And it was horrible. 
pagan pagan stuff. Um, so it's actually quite simple nowadays, thanks to social media, Astrid. So you could do that. The other thing too is, you know, we're in a culture right now that everybody's afraid. All these businesses are afraid to get canceled or, or whatever. You know, sim- simply go in and tell them that you're offended by this, by, by the use of these terms, because they, they are offensive in many ways, especially if, if it is being recognized as a religion. What, what do you say to that, Astrid? I think God just wants me to be bolder, you know, so I, I, I'm going to, I'll do what all of you have, you know, what have, what you have said. And, and for me, I think it's a witness to my own, you know, my own uh, faith. And I just think God is pushing me a little bit to be bolder with my faith. So Mm -hmm. here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Well, we're going to be praying that you have that strength and just keep us posted. You can always email us at TSW at GRNonline.com. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank, thanks, Bye-bye. Astrid. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, we have back-to-back questions coming in from two different uh, callers. I think this is fascinating. So I've, I've got. We just have to imagine that this may be, um, you know, an interesting like Holy Spirit movement that people are thinking about this. So we we will definitely answer the questions. So let's go to Lou in Queens, New York, on Sirius XM one thirty. Hi, Lou. Welcome to the Spirit World. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You have a fantastic program, highly uh, informative and, and very intelligently presented. Uh, you're, you. I'm, I'm sorry, I presume you're familiar with Dr. Taylor Marshall. He's a, a Catholic theologian who's presenting for a candidacy for president mm-hmm. in the coming yes. election. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. he uh, he recently released a a YouTube video regarding uh, UFOs and aliens, which are now in the, in the media a lot recently for whatever reason. <laughs> and I guess these things come in cycle. And he, uh, he, made a, he made a statement that his belief is that these, uh, uh, these uh, I don't know what to call them, <laughs> these things are fallen angels. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion and see what the, if you are aware of that or if you uh, what your impression is. Okay, Lou. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of this is the kind of thing, Deb, that that you could write a short book on. Um, there, there's a there's a lot of strange, creepy stuff. You could really go down a rabbit hole with this. But um, part of the bottom line is these things show up on military radar, the stuff that's happening around the military exercises where it's very physical. Um, fallen angels can do physical things, but they aren't physical themselves. So like they could make a door slam, but they don't have any physicality to themselves. So there's there's a number of aspects of things that are pretty clearly physical. I'm not saying they're aliens, but there's something flying around that radar is, is detecting. Um, and, and part of this theory goes back to Aleister Crowley and, and some stuff he did where, you know, it was the first time the classic gray alien was seen and he was summoning a demon that, that dictated a book to him and he drew a picture of it and it looked like a gray alien. So there, there's a bunch of strange threads with this. Honestly, Lou, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, the, we just don't know what these are yet. The, the, if the government knows they haven't shared it yet, you know, maybe it's national security, who knows? Um, but I, w- I wouldn't worry about it because mm-hmm. if it is fallen angels, they're limited by God. They can only do as much as God allows. So it's, they're already tempting us. You know, they're doing different things in the world that God is allowing. If God's allowing them to manifest and, and put on a parlor trick in the sky, well, he's allowing it. 
Um, but just focus on your own life and your own journey uh, until, you know, until we know for sure. Well, and, and Adam, let me just ask you this question, because James has a similar question coming in right behind Lou um, about UFOs and if they are associated with fallen angels. Isn't that doesn't that make a great story for the fallen angels? Because they want us to fixate on that. You know, when we can think that the skies are just bombarded with fallen angels, it, it, it does leave us in a very unsettled state. So we like you always say, don't get fixated on that. Really focus right. on the holy. Right. And the thing that, you know, I, I've been around these creatures for about 15 years now in terms of exorcisms, I kind of know how they think. If there's probably something flying around out there, who knows whose technology it is, but they will then hijack that and try to leverage it. So they will leverage that and try to stir up an interest of thinking it's aliens, because then they'll say, well, see, there's aliens, there's no God. You know, mankind was created by aliens, kind of like James Cameron's thing with his movies, um, uh, at least the movie Prometheus, like this old idea. So they will hijack this and try to get it spun to say there is no God. And that's mm -hmm. the way demons kind of operate and think. They, they right. don't actually do much, but they take credit for a lot. Mm -hmm. Does that help, Lou? Yes, it does. Uh, I'm just curious if our own government is... Uh... <laughs> Is a demonic, and well, it is to some degree, like you said, because we're influenced by demons since the fall of mankind, and uh, and our leadership today is is certainly demonic, you know, for for various reasons, you know, euthanasia, the murder of the innocent, and so on. So, uh, and they're they're <laughs> they're kind of pushing an agenda that, uh, that none of this stuff exists, and meanwhile, you have military officials retired military officials saying now there are secret programs that we know there are aliens so who knows what's going on <laughs> you know you're getting so many mixed messages throughout yeah and and just a, as a final thought lou I, you know there's good and bad people in every organization in the world because we're human beings mm -hmm. it, it it's not it's not an all or nothing um you know i can't talk about it but i i've known enough people that were you know I know for sure we're, we're in the government or the military at various levels. And I know there's been different programs and, and whatnot. And there's good and bad people that are in there now, you know, pushing their own agendas, just like in every other organization on the planet. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't paint it with one brush and say, you know, the government's all evil. Um, it's, yeah. Right, right. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lou. We're going to have to let you go on that because thank we thank you. Thank thank you. Thank God you. bless you. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, let's go to James real quickly. James, we have about 30 seconds. Is the same question you had, um, same one, or do you want to ask a little bit real, real quickly something else? From Spokane, well, Washington. Yes. Hi, yeah, go ahead, James. Yeah, I basically had the same question um, regarding UFO aliens. I also listened to Taylor Marshall, and he was talking about the demons, you know, that people see could actually, or the aliens that people say they see could actually be demons. I don't know if that's possible. It, real, it's real quickly, Adam, why don't you go yeah. ahead and answer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so James, um, I think it is possible in some cases, and actually a lot of the alien abduction experiences, well, I shouldn't say a lot, a number of them, when people have invoked the name of Jesus during them, they seem to stop immediately. But sometimes that's sleep paralysis too, so we have to be careful. Um, but I would say sometimes. 
Thank you, James from Spokane, Washington. Thank you, Christina from Savannah, Georgia. Paul from Santa Barbara, California. We're not going to get to you this time, but you can always call us back next Saturday. We're going to be talking about consecrations next Saturday. That's on the spirit world. And until then, Adam and I want to wish you a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.